Hello everyone, welcome to our teaching platform. My name is Minister Annabel Chikava representing the Daughters Convention of Worshippers. Our topic today is going to be the wilderness. I'd like to welcome everyone to a new year. Let's embrace what the prophets of the Lord told us, no matter pressures, tests and challenges we might meet along the way. We will look at Joshua 5, 6. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years. As we journey through this Christian walk, we will have moments of joy, moments of sorrow, challenging moments and even hard-pressing neck-turning times. We find periods in our lives where we are alone and the world seems to be against us. It feels like fighting against gravity. Times where you feel like, yes, this must be the dead end and averaged. Has any of you been in such a situation? It's called wilderness. What is it exactly and what will be happening? Wilderness is a position of disfavor, an inhospitable region, wasteland neglected area, abandoned area, a tract or region uncultivated and uninhabited by human beings which is a natural and disturbed form. This sounds like a scary horror scene from a movie. In the Bible, we have a lot of people who experience the wilderness, the most common of them being the Israelites who wandered in there for 40 years. King David, Naomi, Jesus, to name a few. No one is excluded from experiencing times of wilderness. Look at Luke Chapter 321, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Now, if God can allow his one and only begotten son to go through the wilderness, why would God not allow his chosen children into the wilderness? We all have had or are actually going through the experience of the wilderness. That we must be endure. We can't hide or escape from them. Why must we go through such an, an experience? In this topic, we shall look at 1. Types of wilderness 2. Benefits 3. How to overcome 4. Why God allows us to go through 5. Why some take long to come out Prayer Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace today. As we learn about the wilderness, help us understand why this happens and when we come out, we come out strong and be able to help others in the same predicament. Prepare our hands for battle as we move through it. May your Holy Spirit be with us as we, as he was with the Israelites by day and night. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is series one of our wilderness. Hello once again. Welcome to series two. Our topic being wilderness. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. This was taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. What does it mean to have a wilderness experience? 
we might answer and say, a wilderness experience is usually thought of as a tough time in which a believer endures discomfort and trials. The pleasant things of life are unable to be enjoyed, or they may be absent altogether, and one feels a lack of encouragement. A wilderness experience is often a time of intensified temptation and spiritual attack. It can involve a spiritual, financial, or emotional drought. Having a wilderness experience is not necessarily a sign that a believer is sinning. Rather, it is a time of God-ordained testing. We will look at the types of wilderness. The first one, one, spiritual. This type of wilderness is where you feel empty and seems like your prayers are not going anywhere. You fast, you cry, but God is silence. Two, financial. Financial wilderness is where you run dry of money. No one wants to help you, including those you have helped. Three, social or family, where you seem to be a repellent and all those around you leave when you arrive. This can happen whether at church, work or family. You seem to be controversial or the bad apple that no one wants to associate with. Four, love or affection wilderness. It seems you are unlovable. You also don't feel love for anyone. You've given up and feel lonely and rejected. The walls seem to be closing in on you. 5. Physical wilderness. When you lack the basics and they seem to be out of reach, when you need them, for example, accommodation, health, food, and other material things, There are so many different types of wilderness we are to break down. What do we do when we are walking in these times? Who do we turn to in these dry times? Who do we look at in this season? Are there any benefits in going through tough times? Others who can be said to have had a wilderness experience include the prophet Elijah. We see this in the first Kings chapter 19 verses 1 to 9. The apostle Paul Galatians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, and of course the patriarch Job. Good news is there are lots of benefits. And don't miss series 3 as we continue to look at this topic, wilderness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it is your will, O God, that times of testing come our way. We are never without your grace. May we find joy and peace in the midst of trouble as you prepare a table for us before our enemies. Through it all, may we mature in our walk, Jesus Christ. Help us walk through knowing that you are our present help in times of trouble. Our hope is in you. Help us hold on to our faith. Holy Spirit, never depart from us. We pray in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This brings to our end of part two series. My name is Minister Annabel Chikawa, representing the DCW teaching platform. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's um, Minister Annabel Chikawa. Once again, we meet in series three 
of our topic, wilderness. I'm here representing the DCW platform for teaching. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. You read this word from James and you're like, this guy is ridiculous. How do I count it all joy when I'm in this situation? Honestly, I don't think he went through what I'm going through. Because walking in the wilderness, it's so painful. And one can imagine how he can count it all joy. Well, we're going to find out in this series how we're going to count it all joy as we reap the benefits of walking in the wilderness. The wilderness is an unpleasant place. Fleshly speaking, we naturally want prosperity, health, and easy going. But the same God who created the garden also created the wilderness. There will be times of trial and pressure. Our faith will be tested, but the God of grace will meet us even in the wilderness. Now let us look at the benefits. Great problems often follow great victories. How is this possible? Benefit number one, it produces endurance. As you journey through the wilderness with mourning and groaning, just like a woman in labor, the pain intensifies as freedom for both mother and child nears. For sure, you know that you're going to have a child and something new. You endure the pain so as to receive your blessing. Even though you planned evil against me, God planned good to come out of it. Genesis 50 verse 20. Benefit number two, self-confidence. The wilderness experience might bash and butter you, but you stand up and say, I have the knowledge that like grass, this season will soon die away. This verse tells us not to fret, meaning to say, chill, don't panic, raise your head up high. Chest out, walk tall in confidence. Why? Because knowledge is power. Read Psalm 37 verses 1 and 2. The third benefit is improved self-esteem. Psalm 91 verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Isn't this a wonderful promise? As we move in the wilderness storm to know that all the traps they have been taken care of, no one can belittle or threaten you in any way. Those who would have avoided you become of no relevance because you know that the Lord is with you. Benefit number four, faith increases. Faith is the currency used in heaven. It doesn't get hit by inflation or get affected by global politics. Faith comes your body in the wilderness. It becomes your best friend. You know that only Jesus Christ can pull me through this situation. Don't give up. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Psalm 91 verses 10 and 11. In James 5 verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. 
Also check out James chapter 1, verse 8. Benefit number 5, patience. We learn to be patient as we go step by step. This season has a time frame and cannot be rushed to an end. Imagine going through a very cold winter and all you want is summer to come. But at whose rate? At your own rate, is it possible? No. It's impossible. You just have to wait for your winter to pass and then enjoy summer. James chapter 5 verse 12. Be patient in suffering as God's prophets were patient. When sick, there's also a healing process. We have to be patient. Remember how Jesus made a mud paste and told the blind man to go and wash his eyes at Siloam pool? He could have just done it instantly. But because this guy knew what he had to be patient and do as told, it was for his own benefit indeed. Benefit number six. Wisdom is given generously by God. There are some decisions that would have led us into the wilderness. Instead of crying over spilt milk, ask for wisdom from God on how not to repeat the same thing next time. Guess what? He sure will give you lots of wisdom generously. When you come out, it's like you had gone to a learning institute, came back glowing and full of undoubtable knowledge. Read James chapter 1 verse 5. Benefit number 7. Learn not to doubt. This is a lesson learned that cements your faith. It's rich and nutritious and adds value to your spiritual being. Doubt is lack of faith. When you doubt God, you've opened loopholes for the accuser. When you do not doubt any of the promises of God and have faith, then your factory is true. By the time you emerge from the wilderness, doubt will be history in your life. James chapter 1 verse 6. Benefit number 8. Humility. Experience in the wilderness produces humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4 verse 10. But humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 22 verse 4. Benefit number 9. Empathy. Are you aware that empathy is a benefit you come out with? You understand and be able to help with counseling or any other kind of assistance to someone who will be in a situation you once passed through. I'll give you an example. One year, my husband saw a parent who was pleading with the headmaster to let his kids in class, as he hadn't paid his fees yet. He threw a reckless comment and he said that this guy was not organized. Fees always have a priority. Well, guess what? It did not take him long to be in the same pit, if not worse. The company he worked for went broke, and it was now his turn to go and plead with the headmaster. He learned to empathize the hard way, though. Benefit number 10. Receive the crown of life. Everyone would love to wear a crown. Imagine wearing one with precious stones, all glittering and shimmering daily. I would really love to do that with a beautiful dress and a royal ear around me always. James 1 verse 12 Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. James chapter 1 verse 12 
God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. The crown of life, which is referred to in James chapter 1, 12, and Revelations 2, verse 10, it is bestowed upon those who persevere under trials. Jesus references this crown when he tells the church its minor to not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Benefit number 11, true identification or true ID. Our true ID is found in the wilderness. You discover parts of you you never knew existed. As you struggle to discover why God has allowed this in your life, you begin to ask yourself questions. Why me? Is this what I want in life? How do I improve myself and get out of this mess? What are my priorities? As a child of God, John 1 verse 12, you are given everything you need. Also look at John 15 verse 5, you are uniquely, uniquely gifted. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20, you are part of something important. You are a new person. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, most of all, you are an ambassador for Christ. Benefit number 12. God is all we need. We do realize that God is all we need when he is all we have. The wilderness leaves us exactly at that place where Adam was with God in the beginning. He walked and talked with God. It was just the two of them. It's a huge advantage to spend time with God as you hear him loud and clear. Hard to understand, but because you're on your own, tough world with no one hardly noticing you, Disturbances are less, and so give God all the glory. Chapter, I'm sorry, benefit number 13. God rewrites your story. Do you know that God can rewrite your story if you allow him to? Before we can experience a rewrite, we must ask ourselves these questions. Do I believe in change? Do I believe people can change? Do I believe I can change? God is the author of our story, and therefore, he is the one who can rewrite it. God will lead us. Exodus 13 verse 20. God will lead us day and night. He promised never to leave us nor forsake us, no matter what. Isn't that superb, saints? Where your leader is God himself. Though we do not see it because for sure, the wilderness is a mindful watching out every step. He is there leading those steps. Benefit number 14. God fights on our behalf. We do not fight against blood and flesh. Our physical eyes do not see the spiritual battles. But God fights for us all the time. All, thing, all those things that lurk in the dark, you are protected. What a joy. Ephesians 6 verse 12. These are some of the benefits we get from the wilderness experience. Values you come out with and lasting psychological impacts. What we should know is that nothing is permanent except the word of God. The wilderness phase will pass. You might be going through a crisis, but have the knowledge that crisis is not God's description. God has no crisis. Let us pray. Our God and Father in heaven, our trust is in you as we walk in this uncertain times. 
What we know is your word is certain and lives forever. As you rewrite our story, see we have faith and not doubt that we shall receive our crown of glory. Help us see the light at the end of the tunnel. Help us know that seasons are temporary. Thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. May the Holy Spirit continue to intercede for us every step of the way. In your mighty name we pray. All glory and honor belongs to you, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello everyone and welcome back to our Wilderness Experience Series 4. My name is Minister Annabel Chikava. Welcome to our DCW platform. How to overcome the Wilderness Experience is our today's topic. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Life brings all of us wilderness experiences. It may be being forced out of a job or betrayal by a friend or family member or when a divorce is finalized or when the doctor says, I am sorry to tell you this, but the dark night of the soul can bring loneliness, self-doubt, questioning and despair. How do we survive in spiritual wilderness? The dark night of the soul can bring loneliness, self-doubt, questioning and despair. How do we survive in spiritual wilderness? First of all, remember where you have come from. We all attempt at times to run away from God. Remember that God created us in order to be in a life-giving relationship with us. When the wilderness closes in, we too often forget that reality. Read Genesis 3 verse 8. Secondly, hold on to faith. The wilderness can threaten our spiritual equilibrium as well as our mental and physical health. Everything seems out of control. We lose our bearings and our focus. When we are lost in the wilderness, there can be an overwhelming desire to give up. Even after all this, we have to hold on to faith. Do you close your bank account because you're broke? No, certainly not. Thirdly, remember that God is up to something. God is still at work even in our darkest wilderness. You and I can claim that assurance today and every single day. Psalm 42 verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him and my help and my God. Fourthly, do not complain. When we complain about God, we are questioning his goodness. This not only demonstrates a lack of faith, but can actually erode your faith via your words. You can end up speaking out negative words and pronouncements over yourself or about God. In Proverbs 18 verse 21, it tells us that, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 5. Be thankful and worship God. Worshipping in the wilderness might be the last thing we feel like doing. However, when we worship, we are speaking out words in faith. These are called speech acts. These are words or utterances which have an action or consequence. 
They go beyond simply communicating an exchange of information. When we speak these words, we are actually doing something with them. This changes a situation. Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. Number 6. Keep your eyes fixed on God. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus helps us to trust in him through difficult times. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Number seven, don't make the thing you lack into an idol. When our prayers go unanswered and God doesn't seem to grant the very thing we want, it's easy to become completely focused on this thing to the point of obsession. Read Numbers 11, verse 4 and 6. Number 8. Keep drinking of the living water. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. When we are in the desert, we need to drink. However, it's important to drink from the right well. This translates to drinking from the living water that Jesus himself provides. There is a very real temptation in times of wilderness to search for and drink from a different well in order to try to quench our thirst. We can seek after many other things in which to fill ourselves. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them, they will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Number 9. Realize you can't go backwards, but only go forwards. This is one of the many places where the Israelites believed they had it better in Egypt, where they were before. They begin to idealize the standard of living that they had there compared to their present circumstances in the desert. As time passed, they began to have selective memories. Suddenly, all they could remember was the fish and all the food they believed they had. Number 10. Surround yourself with other Christians for support. When we isolate ourselves, this is exactly what the devil wants. We are weaker on our own and can fall prey to the enemy's schemes. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When we have others to help us, we are not as easily broken or overpowered. It's also important to find other mature Christians who understand you. They may have even endured similar wilderness periods of their own. Of their own, being around the right kinds of people is essential. Number eleven, have hope that God is using the wilderness experience for your good. <clears throat> Pardon me, dear. As I was saying, it is also important to find other mature Christians who will understand you. They may have even endured similar wilderness periods of their own. Being around the right kinds of people is very essential. Number 11. Have hope 
that God is using the wilderness experience for your good. God uses the wilderness to forge our identity through hardship and trial. He may be doing the same thing with you as you go through your own spiritual deserts. In Deuteronomy 8 verses 2 and 3, Moses also provides us with another reason for going through the wilderness. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know that what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What do we learn here? Your own wilderness experience may not be pleasant, and these survival tips may not necessarily make the journey any quicker for you. However, know that God has not forgotten you and is working in your life. He is using the experience for your good and work out his purposes in you. He wants you to find your identity in him alone and to make you the person you were meant to be. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, as we walk in the dry season, may we be like the tree along the riverbank. May we bear fruit in due season. The season of dryness is hard and leaves us thirsty. May your living water quench our thirst. Help us not to worry and know there are seasons in life and our faith is rooted in you. Let us know that blessings will come in season. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And welcome all. My name is Minister Annabelle Chikava on behalf of DCW. I would like to continue with our wilderness as we look at why God allows us to go through the wilderness. And this is our series five. One, trials are part of God's work. Pain is not without purpose. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Psalm 46 verse 10. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. 2. Trials put God's power on display. God uses trials to show that he alone deserves the credit. Trials make it clear to the world that I am not in control. Everyone can see that I don't have the ability or strength to overcome the problem. Therefore, when God works, he gets all the glory. Imagine how Abraham felt taking his one and only son for sacrifice. Each step he made or each minute that ticked, the emotional stress and turmoil, he held on in trusting God. When God intervened by supplying that ram, put yourself in his shoes, the joy and relief of keeping his son. 3. Trials sanctify me. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James chapter 1 verses 2 and 4. Did you know that it's a war that makes generals? If you don't have a war to fight, how then do you become a commander? Remember how David fought Goliath and got a title plus a wife. 4. 
Trials make me depend on God. Have you ever been on a spot that you say this is the end of the road? All that's left is total dependence on Christ. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. As it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28, 29, and 31. 5. Trials show others that God is dependable. Do you know that as you go through trials, others are watching? They have to learn through watching you. At this point, you have the lesson on PowerPoint. God entrusts us with trials so that we can be a light. Let's not waste these opportunities. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. 1 Peter 3, verses 14 and 15. 6. Trials show us and others that God is infinitely valuable. Even if we lose everything, God is still enough. Through tears we can say with, with Job, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job chapter 1 verse 21. 7. Trials are an opportunity for reward. Did you know that as we go through these trials, we are storing rewards in heaven? Remember the widow and oil, how the oil multiplied after struggling. She got her reward. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 verses 6 and 7. 8. Trials may be spiritual warfare. Satan wants to, be, wants to discourage us so that we give up. He will attack our health, our family's health, and he will send a myriad of trials to take us out of the fight. Don't let him. Keep your eyes on God. If you're getting bombarded with trials, take heart. It may be because Satan is not happy with your life and ministry. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We get this from Psalm 27 verse 14. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. 9. Trials may be for discipline. God often uses trials or sicknesses to get our attention and reveal sin. As a loving father, he wants to restore us to fellowship with him. Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. This is according to Hebrews 12, verses 5 and 6. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try, and me, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. There are dangers to trials. If we waver in our trust and faith, trials can lead into atheism. When your faith is small, the devil can rip it out. Don't let him put you in despair and bitterness towards God. Don't 
ever forget the other times God has delivered you because he will do it again. The devil will try to say it was a coincidence, but with God there is no coincidence. Cry out to God, block Satan off and always remember that we have victory in Christ. Don't miss the next part as we go through these points and how to avoid them. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as the gem is polished through friction and water, help us persevere the friction. Strengthen us, O Lord, that as we come out on the other end, you will be proud of us as you hold us precious in your sight. Amen. Hello once again. My name is Minister Annabel Chikava. On behalf of DCW, I welcome you to our final part of the wilderness. This is our series number six. The dangers in the wilderness. We always hear Christians say things like, I've been doing everything right. I've been fasting and praying, giving, loving my neighbor, obeying the Lord, reading scripture daily and walking faithfully with the Lord. Reasons why God allows trials and tribulations. What did I do wrong? Why has God allowed me to go through such hard times? Does he not care about me? Am I saved? To be honest, we have all felt a little something like this. Be on God because when you're asking all these questions and questioning God, Satan will try to attack. He will say, no, he doesn't love you. Look at those unbelievers who are not going through adversity. But you say Jesus Christ died for you and yet you're going through the worst troubles for your life. Don't let the devil give you fear. We'll go on and talk about the dangers. 1. Atheism When your faith is small, the devil can rip it out. Don't let him put you in despair and bitterness towards God. You end up believing that there is no God because you have listened to wrong information from the devil. The Bible clearly states that only the fool says that there is no God. 2. Becoming wary. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Becoming weary makes us very vulnerable. You become easy prey to a lot of the devil's suggestions. It leads one to giving up and turn their trust to elsewhere. For example, you want to come out of the trials fast and end up going to seek for spiritual help from the ancestors. 3. Giving up The dry season is so hard that giving up can be easy. You lose your faith in the Lord. You tell yourself that, I was predestined to suffer, so let it be. You tell yourself that all my bloodline is poor, so whom am I to be better? Remember Christ died for you and gave you power and authority to cancel all that out. 4. Losing trust At times you put your small percentage and time frame of trust in the Lord. When that time frame lapses and nothing has changed, you lose your trust in God and start using your own understanding and fixing your problems. This only worsens whatever situation you have at hand. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. 5. 
knowing more than God. Sometimes we have to admit we just don't know and instead of going crazy and trying to find out why, we must trust in the Lord that He knows best. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 6. Planning ahead of God not involving God in your plans. The harsh economic situation has made a lot of people rush into plans that got them in real deep hardship. For example, ladies have been recruited after being deceived, only to be forced into prostitution. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 7. Impatient. There's a very popular saying that God's answer is always slow. I think it is wrong to say that because God's timing is always perfect, never too early or too late. Losing patience is a dominant effect to all the dangers known in the wilderness. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. 8. Desiring or having wrong motives I know of a number of people during trials that have desired to have a quick fix to their problems, dropped God and followed their heart's desire. It leads to rocky, dry ground. Like the seed that falls on such land, nothing will come out. Instead, desire after the heart of God and seek help and guidance. Proverbs 19 verses 2 and 3 Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? A person's only folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. 9. Pride Pride hardens the heart. Previously, we learned that we get advice from some Christians who have gone through such difficulties. The proud in heart will not do that. They feel that they have exposed themselves, thereby you will be stuck in the wilderness for some time until you humble yourself. 1 Peter 5, 6-8 says, Humble yourselves therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Proverbs 18.12 Before destruction a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. 10. In discipline Remember how our parents gave us discipline? At times by just a look and you'd self-autocorrect. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. Proverbs chapter 3.11-13 my child, do not reject the Lord's discipline and do not get angry when He corrects you. The Lord corrects those He loves, just as parents correct the child they delight in. Happy is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding. 11. Self-dependent When you have enough and think that it will take you through the drought, there is a surprise for you. You can wake up all that stored food or money wiped out overnight. That bank of friends, contacts or family rejecting you. 
Depending on the Lord is what we ought to do daily without fail. He will take us through the storm. In John chapter 15 verse 5, it says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branch. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. 12. Backsliding Trials help us grow as believers and become more like Christ. When you backslide, it's like reversing, and if not careful, you land in a ditch. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Peyton Suicide A lot of people have entertained these thoughts when it got really tough. Some have succumbed and killed themselves. When someone else hears the reason why they committed suicide, can laugh because they have gone through it and came out strong for they never lost hope and trusted in God. Psalm 71, verses 14 to 17. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long. Though I know not how to relate them all, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts. Sovereign Lord, I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. At every corner there is a danger. No wonder why the word of God says that the devil is always ready to pounce. Let us be alert as we walk in the wilderness. Psalm 40 verses 4 to 5. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you plan for us, none can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there will be too many to declare. My brethren, do you choose to be swallowed by the danger or to put on your whole armor of Christ and persevere towards your crown? First Peter verse 4, chapter 4 verse 12, sorry. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fairy trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Bear in mind that there is nothing new under the sun. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that according to John fourteen twenty six, the help of the Holy Spirit whom you, our Father, has sent in Jesus Christ's name will teach us all things and bring to us remembrance of all that you have said to us. Help us take heart and know that Jesus Christ overcame all the troubles of this world. Cover us with your mighty wings. You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. In the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, we say, Amen. Thank you. I hope we have learned a thing or two. So when we are going through the wilderness, just remember some of these points. These are not the only ones. There is more. But these are just the basic ones to get us going through and helping others who will be in the wilderness. God bless you.